So finally, I'm doing it. It's the first episode of my podcast series that took me a long time to prepare myself for. So I'm starting my own podcast called Brands Through Stories. It's going to be personal stories of people who are behind successful companies. And for me, success is not about size of the company or the profit, how much money it makes. It's about the positive impact those people and brands have on our planet and on other people's life. Do you feel that men treat you differently? Stereotypes that you've listed are just stereotypes. You really surprised me. We've studied since we were young about women who were leaders, women who had their own businesses. We are not, uh, you know, just a shadow or something. You're always saying this inspiring phrase. I think that's why we're also business partners. And I uh, remember told my dad uh, first that yeah. uh, I want to establish my own company and so on. He wasn't very supportive. Leading the team and leading the tribe is something in your blood then, right? So it took me quite some time to decide who I would like to invite for my first episode. How do I start it? And then the answer just came naturally. I'm a woman entrepreneur in the Middle East. I've been doing business here for 19 years. And I've been asked very interesting and sometimes quite funny questions by people who's never been to this region or newcomers about women doing business in the Middle East. And here you go. This is what I want to start with. I would like to discuss these questions or different questions that I've been asked of what it is to be a woman in the Middle East with my first guest, who is also my friend and my business partner, Bayan Alotebi. Bayan, she's a Saudi Arabian entrepreneur. She's the owner of several businesses in Saudi and UAE. She loves what she does. She's a big supporter of people who are just starting their career and starting their businesses. She also loves her country and she's very proud of it. And she wants the world to know how beautiful her country is. So Bayan, thank you so much for doing this with me, for going on this journey with me. me. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. So the way I wanted to do it today to discuss this topic of women entrepreneur or in particular Arab women entrepreneur is I put together questions. Okay, and these are different type of questions that I've been asked throughout all this time. These questions uh, were asked by people who's never who either have never been to this region or they were new to the region or just came here as tourists. So some of them, please don't be surprised, might be silly, okay, it's hearing them fine. coming out, you know, from me. But this is more, you know, collection of different, uh, different questions and stereotypes that I would like to discuss with you today. Sure. And thank you again for supporting me oh, on thank this. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I wish I can, um, uh, you know, help you uh, and uh, other foreigner friends and visitors to understand more about the culture and the region uh, overall. Excellent. So I'll start with a big question or this big, I think, stereotype that people have outside this region. What it is or the concept of women entrepreneurship or women entrepreneur, is it something new 
to this region or particular Saudi Arabia, because what we as people who are outside this region think about Arab woman is she's all covered, she's at home, about 10 kids maybe. I don't know what number wife she is, what man is working, and women are taking care of the house. So the concept of woman being a businesswoman, how new it is for this region? Well, uh, stereotypes that you've listed are just stereotypes, just like any stereotypes in the world. Um, to be an entrepreneur uh, in the region and to be a woman is something that is extended uh, uh, from the history and the roots. I'm talking for myself and the GCC in the GCC countries here. So being uh, an entrepreneur and being a woman, it just extended of whatever have been there. I mean, we've studied since we were young about stories of, uh, you know, in Islam, whether it's in Islam or in the region, about women who were leaders, women who had their own businesses, and uh, they were leading their life um, with all the limitation that was there uh, at that time. So it's not something new, I would say. Maybe in the modern way or how things are run, it's considered new, but it's just an extended of a concept or notion that started long time ago. And so it started a long time ago, because yes. I'm sure for a lot of people f th think like, you know, it's a big agenda now, diversity, uh, equity and inclusion. So for a lot of people, it feels like it's something new here. So what is the story maybe you can tell us that was take us long back time? Well, let, let me take you to the first story yeah. I've met. And the first yeah. story, I, like I believe it was the introduction for entrepreneurship for women's. So uh, there was one uh, class where we hear about stories of, uh, of Muslim history and Islamic history in general. And there is the story of uh, Khadija, the, uh, the, the, we call her the mother of Muslims. Yeah. And uh, she is the first wife of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So she, uh, she was a rich woman, have her own business, and she hired the Prophet to, to work for her. Oh, really? Yeah, so I remember hearing this story as young as nine years old. And um, at that time, you wouldn't think much of it, but you would assume it's normal for her that she's, she have her own businesses and she's hiring the Prophet. And then um, he marries her and then he uh, runs the business on her behalf. So wow. this is, was the first encounter, I believe, with businesswomen in history. And this is something that we learned um, at a young age. So there is a lot of examples from the region uh, before even uh, the existence of Saudi. And after that, a story of brave women who fought against, uh, you know, against other militaries and lead their, you know, their tribes or nations to, to the win. Um, you know, there's the great stories that is um, in the history there. And we, we, we were lucky to hear them and grow um, to, to see them and, you know, take them as an example and an inspiration for us. You really surprised me with this story. I oh. should have, I, I really have to study that more. I'm sure sometimes when we go back into history. Even and for us, we need really to study uh, hard and make sure that this is, it does not discontinue and that uh, the next generation knows about their history. Wow. Know. I'll definitely going to look into that story. And I know that in the history, there's so many, you know, events that are happening that, are, you know, you can learn from 
and so. use them in the modern time also. But you really surprised me. <laughs> no, there is a lot of stories that people would be surprised that we as uh, young children get introduced to or not. It's part of the history and it's part of who we are. It became an, an identity for us um, growing to see them and, and understanding that uh, women are leaders by nature. They're not second-hand citizens. They are not uh, only someone else's wife and someone else's daughter. Um, wow. you know, so, so yeah, so there is a lot of misconceptions and uh, you know, misinformation about women in the region. And I think over the last few decades, uh, things have changed and even foreigners understand more that uh, we are not oppressed and we are not uh, you know, just a shadow or something. Uh, you know, the, that's the thing that I've heard recently that shocked me, that one of the ladies was doing the lecture and said women... Arab women dress in black because they're shadow of their husbands. Well, <laughs> I, know I don't want to say anything, but um, maybe she was misinformed. She didn't have enough information. Yeah. Maybe she didn't visit even the region to see how women are leaders already. Yeah. So, yeah, she might need to attend a few courses. <laughs> a few courses. Oh, maybe listen to our podcast also. Yes. And then so she can uh, clear that up. So you feel like the whole business idea, business, being a business, being in control and leading the team and leading the tribe is something in your blood then, right? Something inherited in the culture and, you know, in, uh, in every aspect. So. And I've seen also here, uh, you know, the, this part of the world has incredible leaders they're not just people who they're true. just to do something for themselves. They're truly people to lead the, their tribes, to lead their countries. Yes. And yeah, I've and seen... And nations to and the success and prosperity. And absolutely. Yeah. And I am always surprised by the women also in the government's work. Yeah, I think the support from the government and the leaders to women's sector and, you know, imp this empowerment that we see in the last few decades have changed women and set them, uh, like, ahead of many uh, women's in the region. Um, I'm talking about Arab regions and, um, you know, uh, develop other developing countries. So this is a huge step for everyone. And mm. I wish that we can share more of the, what women have been uh, able to accomplish, whether it's as a leaders in the government or as a leaders in uh, private sector. So definitely the first stereotype, woman is not a shadow and woman is not just there to, 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 to be a housewife. She has leadership, um, leadership in her blood and it's normal and natural for women from Arab world, from this region to, to lead the companies. Can you please tell me your family, how did you start your entrepreneur, uh, your business and your family, did they support you? What was their reaction when you said you want to have your own company? Well, actually, I've been um, like my aim was to work as an academian. So mm. I did not think about entrepreneurship at the beginning. And it all started, uh, you know, with, with the need, like any other business, there is a need and demand in the market. You can provide a service to, so to solve this issue provide a quality service, affordable prices, you're helping businesses, entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs to achieve something with your services. So um, I think it's by nature. This is how, how things turned. And when I uh, remember told my dad uh, first that yeah. uh, I want to establish my own company and so on, uh, he himself is an entrepreneur and he, he works w uh, in aviation and aerospace defense um, sectors. So uh, he is well aware of all the challenges in, in the business for women and uh, even for small businesses with the time that we established the company, which was post-COVID-19. So uh, for, for him, he wasn't very supportive, but he, um, he wanted me to experience and, and try to see. 
if I'm going to do well or not. So he gave the green light to go ahead and proceed, but he did not give support, financial support for the business or any other stuff. So, so you're doing it yourself? Yeah, like halfly. So, half <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, it happened to be that I have a very supportive brother. <laughs> so, uh, so my brother was um, always there to help me, and he's an entrepreneur himself. So he's uh, providing his guidance to me and everything. Yeah, but uh, you can, even if you are born to entrepreneurship family, the journey is, I believe, the same for everyone. Yeah, and I think, but I think um, that whole idea of family support when you're doing your own business, for me at least, is essential. You know, when I go through difficult times, it's really my family who who puts me back on track and helps sure. me and say, go, you can do it. I'm sure you can do it. And I think that family support that you get, it has nothing to do with financial for me. Yeah, it's more it's that emotional. emotional, mental support that yeah. they believe in me. So yeah, no, that's I'm glad amazing. to have that as well. Like yeah. emotional support is there, number one. So um, all the advice that they can give, they are very, very generous with me. So I would ask them about certain topics in mm. the business. They are very happy and proud to see me growing. Nice. Um, yeah, and I guess it's it, like starting your own business is just like any other topic in the family. Uh, some would be happy and support and some would be against and just like out of concern for you and for the journey that you're going to, all the issues that you're going to face. So they they definitely, it's just like any other topic in the family. So actually interesting. So is there, was there anyone who was really against it? I yeah. hope it's not your mom. Yes. <laughs> it was you. Yeah, it was actually my mom because she she, she had been there. She saw uh, like how my father and, and brother went through and what are, what are the complications and the challenges uh, with work-life balance, which we will discuss later. But I mean, uh, she saw it. She saw how it's challenging and hard and difficult. Yeah, definitely rewarding, but still she saw them uh, struggle at the beginning. So... I guess that's why she was against it. So what did she want you to do? Uh, she wanted me to get my PhD and teach somewhere. And, and this oh, is okay. a still an option, but it's not... Uh, uh, first, I need to have uh, experience in, in real-world businesses. Yeah, no, you're always um, saying this inspiring phrase. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, really? I think that's why we're also business partners and friends. No, we have really? all this, a lot of values that we share. Yeah, true. Um, okay, I'm going to go back to silly questions, okay? And... Mm. Um, and uh, so when you go for a tender, okay, do you feel that men treat you differently? Well, it's not because that, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. No? So the answer is no. I think it depends on the person because if, um, if someone is treating you differently, it's not because of he's a man, just because he has this attitude. So, so you don't feel the difference, no. you know? No, most of the tenders are done remotely, online. Right. Uh, most of them, which is um, very good. So they don't look at the gender, they just look at the work and evaluate it. But eventually, at later stages, you will get to meet people face-to-face, -face, right? And present to them uh, your proposal and what you're offering. So um, I don't feel that, um, you know, that it's different. At least for me, I'm not sure if someone might have experienced discrimination or, you know, but for so, me personally, no. It, do you feel the same when you are in the room with a Western man? That I don't know, no. no? It's, yeah, for us, it's the same. I, I believe we don't look at gender anymore, like wow. in terms like, uh, of discrimination or looking for negativity. I think it's mutual respect everywhere. 
I wanted to ask you this advice. So you know that you know Dubai, especially, and Saudi Arabia also sh- is growing, and there's so many amazing projects. Mm-hmm. The UAE as well. So it's the region that attracts a lot of people now from around the world to work. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you suggest for um, men who is not an Arab, not Muslim, from you know Western world? How do you suggest them in the business meeting not to behave, but what would be the protocol in dealing with the Arab woman? For example, mm. shaking hands, I don't know. What are those? Um, I think those are etiquettes and manners, etiquettes, right? Yeah. So, um, so those are different from one person to another, right? So it's better just to do your research. Just like when you go to um, you know Asian con- countries and you should read about the cultural norms of meetings, I'm sure that there is a lot of material and plenty of material online to help you understand uh, the etiquettes of how you uh, deal in, in, in meetings. And many companies actually, they do send um, guidelines for the meetings, um, like in terms of what is allowed and what is, what is not allowed. But I guess now everyone is um, like if they if they have a meeting they they would be asking is it fine to handshake or not and then uh, it depends on the person. So really, handshaking is going to be depends on the person, the woman, true, agreeing yeah. or not to agreeing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. Is there particular going back to the um, business um, in Saudi Arabia, let's say, or this or the UAE? Is there any particular sector where women love to open businesses in? As per my As knowledge, industry um, or per knowledge, something think, that they prefer. I think they open in every opportunity they see uh, themselves good at. Um, it's diverse, but the majority, I think, goes to. I'm talking for myself. The majority goes to the design, architecture firms, uh, you know, restaurants, coffee shops. Um, we've seen some women who are working with heavy industries in aviation, private charters, um, wonderful women. Uh, but I mean, the majority would be the common uh, majors. Mm. But we definitely, in Saudi, we have a very brilliant, uh, you know, uh, aerospace engineers. Wow. Who have their own businesses. Wow. So uh, the diversity of sectors in Saudi is huge. Uh, we have some uh, people who work, uh, like some ladies who establish their workshops, mechanical workshops. Wow. So, yeah, so so it's a pretty diverse, but I would say that, from my knowledge at least, uh, the majority works with coffee shops and consumable services like restaurants, coffee shops, and then the design sector and architecture, interior design sectors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, beauty salons and, you know. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, this is uh, fashion design. It's, it's <laughs> fashion a very design. Jewelry's design. Yeah. So, Abaya yeah. design is very popular at um, from my lo- knowledge, at least. So Yeah, Abaya is now it's a piece of yes, art, really. It, yeah, it's, it's really important for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And I'm always surprised, you know, when they say, uh, uh, you know, so, some of my friends outside saying, oh, you know, Abaya, poor women, they have to cover. I say, come on, guys. I'd like to. I have three abayas at least, mm-hmm. three or more, and I love wearing abayas. It's not about only, of course, it's about you know modest, modest fashion, but it's such a beautiful thing. It makes you beautiful and feminine. True. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of the sectors that you think are um, women try to avoid or are restricted for women. Uh, no, it's not. It's that? not about restrictions or trying to avoid. I think it goes to the. Um, I don't know, uh, from my point of view, the accessibility to the knowledge uh, that they need to start in a certain sector. 
it's not very common for women, for example, in aerospace engineering. Mm. Uh, it's not common for women's uh, in a, in a very detailed majors, um, specific one like n- uh, nanotechnologies. There is a lot of women's, but they tend to work, uh, you know, within the government or within bigger companies and entities. Um, there are a few, um, as well, Saudi uh, engineers and scientists who established their own companies in Saudi. Um, uh, we have um, brilliant, brilliant examples. Um, I, I would actually na- name every one of them, but I don't think the time would be enough. So uh, in the medic- in the medicine, um, is it the medicine um, Med- field, yeah. right? Medical field. Um, so in the medical field, there are plenty as well of women's leaders and they have their own labs and their own clinics and their own hospitals and their own inventions. So uh, in Saudi, it's pretty diverse. I think what is limiting them from, for example, entering the defense. And by the way, we have few women as well in defense market. Wow. That so they must if you be go very to brave women. They are intelligent women and yeah. brave ones. And uh, they work in supporting the defense um, sector in Saudi. So they have their own businesses. So you would find Saudi women in every major, even a major that you would imagine that there is no woman who can do a business, you will find a Saudi woman who can do the job. So for, it's not about the limitation. The percentage goes back to the accessibility to the knowledge or, or the keywords. Like if they want to have an aerospace engineering, we really don't have any um, place to study that in Saudi from my knowledge, of course. So um, this so is to travel, travel to, yeah. do, to do study. And the government is supporting with scholarship and, and so on. So it's still accessible, but it's not um, as accessible as other majors. I mean, that's great. So I think you've answered. I wanted to bring some more silly stereotypes, but I think we've answered them all in no, the first we, meeting. If you want we are <laughs> open fir- to answering any <laughs> other stereotypes. In the first meeting, I think we've answered them in the first minute. Women so. are strong. Women are powerful. Women are the leaders. Either they're at workplace or at home. Yeah, they are very organized and happy motivated and everything right that and and not only women's we have to say women's and men but again we're talking (laughs) about women right so uh, yeah this is because we want to address all the stereotypes that that foreigners uh, have about women's in the region yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm super happy thank you so much thank you so much thank you for thank you very much and i hope it's just the beginning we have so many other topics to discuss and i hope to see you soon I'll see you soon, inshallah. And I'm looking forward to hear more about your next guests and next topics. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed it, um, this episode. And please stay tuned. We will have a lot of other interesting stories coming up very soon. Thank you.